cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, John Puro, a.k.a. Potty, the smoker man, and the daytime superhero at Green Spoon and Martin. John, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? To talk about New York, because New York just, just, just changed some of those rules and regs that I don't think Kellen and I even had a chance to process, let alone read through. And John, you being the guy here in New York, tell us what we need to be aware of, what was changing, what was just happened. Yeah. All right. So do the super, super, you know, 10,000 foot overview of how we got to such a fakakta. That's my favorite Yiddish word. It basically just means fucked up place in the New York market. So how we got to this fakakta place when, you know, look, New York undeniably is a place where unequal enforcement of, you know, war and drugs laws horribly impacted certain communities. Okay. And you have from the beginning of the legislation, you know, this desire to hand out a certain number of licenses to people affected by the war on drugs, as well as veterans, you know, and women-owned businesses. But then what also happened from the beginning of the New York market was, you know, there's a very strong, you know, it, people forget that the, you know, the capital is upstate, right? It's not by New York City. So who's upstate? The hemp growers, the farmers, all these folks who have invested heavily, literally bet the farm on hemp farms and then got devastated when CBD market crashed, right? And so there was lobbying and this whole after murder, the bill was passed, the actual legislature, right? And the governor at the time, right? Like they passed this conditional cultivator and processor thing saying, hey, you guys got killed by the hemp market. We're creating these, you know, conditional cultivation processor. You get to cross over to, you know, actually be the first people growing, you know, marijuana. Uh, try not to use that term because it's, well, racist, but I, you know, use it to connote cannabis with THC, right? Like adult use shit that, so they get to do the first harvest. Unfortunately, it is outdoor. And these folks literally bet the farm on it. And so this created the situation that I call, I mean, you know, I, I'm not trying to take this lightly, but, um, you know, Farmageddon where there was approximately $800 million worth of the first grow you know, for the adult use market coming down the pipeline where these farmers literally bet the farm and didn't have any place to sell. And in that period that I, you know, maybe we'll talk about in terms of overall trends and issues with the industry, but in that period between when you pass a decriminalization bill Right. And you want decrim to take effect immediately. Because when people, when 94% of the people in New York City who are getting arrested for marijuana possession in 2021 are black and brown, right? Makes you nauseous, right? You want decrim to take effect immediately if you're legalizing legislatively. But it will take time to set up the market, right? And so what happened is you have $800 million worth of the first grow coming down the pipeline with nowhere to sell it. And in this interim period, you know, welcome to New York. You know, at first the estimates were 1,500 illicit stores are, you know, popping up on every block of New York selling actual legitimate product from California and Oklahoma and other places. Because the only places in more mature markets where people are making money is if it's going out the, uh, the side door in some fashion, finding its way there, and high-end counterfeit products. My, my legacy clients, you know, you know, 
people who are out in the certain market, it's crazy the impact that these unlicensed stores, you know, have on them, right? When they are legitimately trying to cross over the right way and come in from the cold. But my question to you is they just announced that the review of retail applications that have secured locations will be fast-tracked. Shouldn't this been already included in the regs, understanding of how critical these locations are? That's specifically, I think that's a reaction specifically to this lawsuit that is going to ultimately probably imminently kill the entire conditional adult use retail dispensary program. When they said that that's not in the regulations, right? That's what they're talking about in terms of how they're going to look at the applications. That's definitely what that's there for. That is another measure to address Farmageddon part two, right? right? And get more retail dispensaries open as soon as possible, right? But what happened now was, you know, with the 463, you know, card licenses that they handed out, you know, you know, over time, so somewhere closer to, and the judge said, hey, if you basically, you know, you invested a lot of money, you did this or whatever, I'll give you an exception to the injunction. So those guys will kind of like, you know, before he like chops off Card's head, they'll squeak through and get to open. You know, there are 23 open today, they said, um, in that. They also have those growers showcase. With research comes IP. And yeah. with IP comes the ability to prove whether or not one is infringing or not on IP. And currently, right now, we don't believe that there are going to be lawsuits given that, given the scheduling of cannabis. But if it rescheduled to Schedule 3, do you foresee it to be more available to be, let's say, tried in courts? I don't think it's going to change... This is the thing, right? Like there, there's all this paranoia out in like LinkedIn and posts and saying like, oh, you're officially making this. You went from no medical value and no pathway, which wasn't entirely true, right? Because Epidiolex, right, was carved out. That was the amazing stupidity and hypocrisy of saying there's no medical value in this plant, but the active ingredient CBD from the plant, right, reduces kids' seizures by 80%. Just ignore that. We Epidiolex also has that. THC, by the way. What? Epidiolex also has THC in it. Does it? Yeah, because it's made from a plant. So there's minor minor amounts okay. of THC. Okay, minor amounts of THC. Got it. So, but you know, now there are people who are paranoid that, oh, okay, they've made a medical research pathway. All of a sudden they're gonna come stomping around into the adult use market and cause issues. No, they're not, right? The idea behind this is we are loosening things, right? We are not making them more difficult for them, right? Jeff Sessions was attorney general and no one went in and busted, you know, state adult use people really that much. IRS gives people a hard time. So I'm not concerned. And even on the medical markets on the state level, I'm not really concerned. The question is going to be what companies are going to go down this medical pathway with the FDA, right? For medical value out of the plant and different cannabinoids thereby opening potentially up uh, federal trademark registrations for themselves, like Marinol, right, which falls into, you know, Schedule 3, ketamine, you could get federal, you know, trademark registrations. You can't get that right now for anything that's considered plant touching. Cool. Let's do a quick rapid fire. Maryland versus Missouri sales five years from now. Which one's bigger? I think it all come down to population. Yeah. Guess Maryland or Missouri? Maryland. Under the radar market you think will shock others? Louisiana. True or false, interstate commerce will start sometime in 2024. <laughs> You're a funny guy. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> True yeah. or false? New York try twenty thirty four. Yes. What? <laughs> True or false? Right. New- That's fine. You're fine. True or false? New York will be studied at Harvard Business School. <laughs> As a what not to do case? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, no. Let's let's go with no based on my sarcastic answer. What is one factor statistic about the cannabis industry that would shock others to know? The potential heavy metal content in vapes, uh, certain vapes of uh, small technology that are not regulated, uh, where there's a direct air path uh, from your um, lo- uh, from a you know battery heated to 450 degrees. Uh, straight into your lungs. I just saw the third piece of news in multiple years about this, where I said that certain cannabis uh, users were found to have high uh, volumes of heavy metals. I think that that is a story that is not getting enough attention. And I think that that is a selling point for the smart vape companies. When you started your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? What did I get right? I don't know. I mean, I think that, that I had the enthusiasm and I like to think, you know, to use like the bachelor growth that I'm in it for the right reason. So I think that I came to terms with my, you know, crazy, you know, white privilege in, you know, being a, an idiot college student who enjoyed himself, you know, with no fear of consequences when other people's lives are being ruined. Um, so I think that I got the intentions right. And what did I get wrong? I underestimated how many things politicians and regulators could get wrong and not learn from by the constructs of politics or the specifics of the industry. For our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to find an IP attorney. Where can they find you? The Greenspoon Martyr website. You know, the podcast will be up soon, but it's, um, I, I like it. You know, the new law firm, you don't have to memorize any lawyer names uh, for the domain. You just have to remember John, J-O-N dot Puro, P-U-R-O-W at G-M, like good morning at gmlaw.com. That's my email address. So happy to always have a conversation. We'll link it up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodConX. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.